you that was it, funny. You find it hilarious that a man turned evil because bullies tortured his son so much that he committed suicide. Hi there, and welcome to Movie Phone. I mean, I'm sorry, welcome to Hav and Charles Talk Comics. I am your host, Charles Herring. I am here with my co-host, Javier Gonzalez. We have another very special guest this week for a non-bonus episode. This is a regular episode. My brother, Patrick Herring. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Hi, Charles. I am doing well. Excellent. Um, I will attempt to not sound like you. That's going to be the first thing everyone notices. Yeah, we, we got on this, and Hav immediately said, oh my god, Patrick, you sound just like Charles. It In his defense, he said, well, we understand. I understand why, but it's going to take me a minute. Right. So, Hav, how are you? Hey, Charles. Hey, Patrick. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Okay. Yes. Yeah, no. When We're we first got... That's not good for a... I do that all the time, man. I'm always, like, yeah. giving thumbs up or <laughs> doing stuff with my hands, and Charles is like, you know, this is a audio only podcast and i was like yeah but you well, can see me a matter of fact hav has been very adamant that he does not want to do a video version of this he's he's going to lose out on that at some point because i'm going to and i'm going to buy him the selfie cameras i i saw a selfie thing at oh yeah lowe's uh and they're they're on clearance they're the little round light that you can then put your phone in a stand ring light be, oh what it's called a ring light that that is that they thank you i yeah. I, I even took a picture of it. I, I was joking with somebody. I sent him a text and I said, I'm, I'm very much thinking about, I very much want to buy this. And she replied back for the, for the podcast or do you do video stuff? I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of want it because got to have your uh, selfies looking better. I understand. That's right. I, I need to be well lit. You have to be, you have to grow the brand. That's right. Yes. Grow the brand, grow the brand. I mean, at some point, I'm going to write a bio for the website. Sure oh, you are. Let's not make promises you're not going to keep. Yeah, y'all both jumped in before I could respond with, he lied. Oh. <laughs> you're Sorry. Like, liar, liar. I, I was going to say. Liar. <laughs> well, hey, Patrick, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And before we really jump into everything, I, I wanted to say thank you for all the all the stuff you've done to date for us, for the podcast, the website. You know, the, the theme music, emailing, because I think it's very obvious now. I really, really enjoy when we get emails. I get all excited when uh, Charles easily draws me outside. But all that to say thank you for all that that you've done, and thanks for joining us today. No, you are I, most welcome. I'm I'm actually glad to be here. This is, I started listening out of just, you know, familial support and actually do enjoy this podcast. So I'm thrilled to be on it. Well, well thank you for saying I'm not going to follow that up with a he lied. I really mean that. No. <laughs> For once, uh, thank you. Be for... the last, you know, that'll be the last like true thing I say. Everything else will just be shit talking from here out. Clearly, he knows how this works. It is all <laughs> it is all directed at Hav. Just so we're clear, we we don't. No. Nice, nice. We'll see. Well, hey, Charles, why don't you tell us? There was something that precipitated your brother Patrick joining us, right? This wasn't just a random. We're kind of talking about two comic books and get Patrick on here. You told me there was there was a reason. Uh, yeah. Hav, the, the precipitation of this is I had been telling him to read Invincible for a long time. <laughs> and 
Yeah. And then what happened was he texted me and said, oh my God, I read Invincible. And I was like, cool, let's do a podcast. <laughs> I'll suggest it. And he was like, cool. So yeah, it was just a, it was finally. And so as that kind of leads into, that's one of the two comics that we're going to talk about today. That's the one I suggested was Invincible by Kirkman. And Correct. the and the other pod, uh, the other podcast we're going to talk about on the comic is <laughs> I thought I thought I'd lean into my mistake. The other comic we're going to talk about is Exit Stage Left: The Snagglepuss Chronicles by Mark Russell, the same author of the wonderful Flintstones comic we talked about before. And Kirkman is obviously better known for his Battle Pope comic <laughs> that we talked about on the first episode of season two. And I think he did like a zombie thing or something, and maybe. I, no, nobody, nobody likes zombies. I. Oh, wait, no, that's me. Yeah, you already got into the whole Charles is afraid of zombies thing, so we don't need to rehash that. Sure. If that's what, if that's what it, y'all want to make it, I'm, I'm terrified of zombies. Mm-hmm. I wet myself when I read about zombies or watch zombies, so we're not doing zombies. We know. We know. Now, I am curious, Patrick, had, had you read any Kirkman... You regular comic book, you know, reader before this, just a little little background for you before we jump in. Well, let's see. I started reading comic books when Charles, when did you, did you start buying comic books? Because <laughs> that's when I started reading comic books. It was when Charles was back was turned and I would sneak into his room and steal his comic books. Yeah. And then when he left, I stopped reading comic books. So, you know, basically mine were that was I mean, sort of a joke, but sort of not really. I got away from it for a long time and then discovered that my local library, it's free, yo, had a access to comic books i was like oh cool so i ended up watching the boys on tv and i'm like i need to read this and the same with invincible i actually watched the invincible show on amazon and it was like i need to know what happens and read the comic and so i i i will say that right away everything that nolan says i did hear in jk simmons voice which made it i think even better when i reread it for this pod i heard it all in his voice as well because it had been a different voice in my head but all of a sudden i could just I could just hear it as mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons. I should I should probably start putting him in when I read Spider Man as J. Jonah Jameson too. That's a good point. You know what? I never have done that. I've never put J.K. Simmons right J.K. Simmons's voice in for J. Jonah. But now that y'all say that, I didn't realize I was doing it. But I sure was when I read Invincible. I was hearing his voice in my head. That's 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 interesting. Hey, real fast. Also, I think you mentioned this before we started rolling. You know, you mentioned you started reading comics when. Charles started reading comics and buying them. Uh, Patrick, you guys, Charles is five years your elder, correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. Okay, so it also gives us kind of a time frame. So you were fairly young probably than most when you started reading them regularly, which is kind of cool, you know. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was de- looking back, it was definitely stuff I did not quite understand, and I think I paid attention more to like the Archie comics than I did the Marvel stuff. But yeah, I, uh, you said I was five years younger. Yes, five and eight. So I was the surprise baby in our family. That's the way to think of it. Yes. A funny story about the comics about, I don't know what, five or six years ago, my mom goes, oh, Patrick wanted, wanted me to give you, give, he said you would take his comics. And she gave me this big stack of comics. And then I talked to Patrick. I was like, hey, um, these comics you gave me. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she got she got confused with what I was saying. Those are your comics <laughs> that I had. Yeah. That I and I'm doing Hobbes finger quotes borrowed from you yeah. when I was younger. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I did always intend to put them back, but it was nice because you would come home and I guess 
count how many comics were in your big foot locker nope. um, and immediately go to my it was counting clearly it wasn't that I was uh, seven and really terrible at trying to put things back so it didn't look like I'd been in there it, it, it was a mess so I would go oh, and yeah. get them yeah. when you were done with them and put them back the the biggest fight was trying to keep Patrick from reading my comic books while he was eating He's like, I, well, I don't. Dad reads your comic books while I'm eating. Yes, I can't make Dad stop. <laughs> so I, I can't remember that. Oh, you, yeah, I, that that used to you 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 got upset because you know Dad would sometimes oh, wow. read my comics and he would sit there and eat while he read my comics and I would just try not to pay attention because I knew he was going to drip food over it and I knew my five year younger brother was going to mangle them with food if he was reading them while no, that's he fair. was eating. That's very fair. Yeah. It was just, and you know how important that is when you're a kid. Heck, I don't want my stuff covered in food now, but I deal with it better. Right. It's just like, okay, that's that's the cost of having children oh, around. Oh, I know that. Yes, everything. Yeah. I mean, Patrick's just <laughs> literally covered in food right now. I uh, probably i i i I think my entire house is covered in a thin layer of food and snot at all times. So, just that's because I have children, not because I'm gross. I mean, both are true, but still. That would have been great, Patrick, if you were just eating right when we started the podcast, just like chowing down on something, like something do, really like chips or something. Or, you know, be very professional and do this on mic. You know. <laughs> a little ASMR for everyone into that. And and that's that's not done for effect. That's literally how he always drinks. <laughs> I, I, I do eat burgers that way. It irritates my wife to no end. <laughs> After he blends them, I don't understand. I, I, no, I, I eat burgers just, in a mug. Uh, <laughs> I got look, used to I this when I broke. Do, all right. I, 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 I started this when I, I got a, had a broken jaw. Everything was liquid for a month. <laughs> it's just faster. If I don't eat quickly, the children burn down the house. So stop giving them matches. Hey, well, you know, I mean, uh, there's a joke about insurance fraud there somewhere that I don't actually want to make, <laughs> just yeah. in case this. In case my house actually burns down. <laughs> so, um, which one was first? Invincible? Uh, obviously, Invincible came out well before. Snackle yeah, was. Invincible came out. I, I, of course, I looked this up. I know. Invincible came out January 2003. Mm-hmm. And much more recent, not much more, but it, uh, Exit Stage Left, Snagglepuss Chronicles came out March of 2018. That's much more recent. Okay. That is someone, a, a child born when Invincible came out would be getting their learner's permit. True. It's just not as big a gap as sometimes when I rec- recommend or suggest something from the 80s and you're like well, firmly in the, this millennia. No, that, that that's fair. That's fair. No, this is, this is the older stuff I suggest is still from an era when the beauty of comic books have blossomed into the truest art form that they can possibly be. Whereas... You reach back into where they're scrabbling in the dirt, trying to prey on children's minds. And I think you refer to them as the, the dark times in comics, right? I, when I, Stan, I, like I, when Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were working oh, to, well, together clearly, on comics. Clearly, anything okay. with Kirby is brilliant art with puerile writing, plotting, and writing. Obviously, yeah. no. So yeah, so invisible. So the you, bingo game. Yeah, there you go. Do y'all no, want to jump in? Do you want to jump in and get going? I was just say. For those of you playing the bingo game at home, that was one mention of Jack Kirby. Actually, you don't get the you don't you probably don't get it because Hav didn't call him Jack the King Kirby. Oh, that's I'm sorry. An extra, that's an extra the, space. 
That's Jack, the great Jack the Kirby. Great, there you go. The great. Although as much as he, as I've said, as much as he calls someone great, it kind of loses its meaning. If everyone's great, no one is. So we're going to talk about the great, the great Kirkman and the great Mark Russell on this podcast. Nice. Who are just great. That they really are just great. They really are, yeah. I, I, I mean, even if they're, if you shouldn't just call everyone great, these are two great comic book writers. I personally love Invincible. What did y'all think, Patrick? You're our guest. Oh, I, I thought it was fantastic. I have a whole bunch of notes on Invincible that really just take the t- form of sound bites because I can't actually write notes. But like I said, I, I watched the show and was immediately like, I have to go read this because I have to find out what happened. There's definitely differences in the show. Things we don't know, we find out much later in the show, which I actually would argue is better. But I think there's some things the comic definitely does better, too. So it's kind of an interesting hit or miss. But I, you know, I think, Charles, you were the one to describe it as Spider-Man with Superman's powers or something like that. And it's, yeah, it's like stuff happens he's and it it's rough and he's a high school kid and it's hard to deal with and you mentioned in the last podcast your non-clip clip show stuff keeps coming back you know this it's like oh no that happened and it's gonna have repercussions uh in fact the very first note i took on invincible was so many plot lines and, and just the, just so many so many plot lines drop patrick did you read all of them at some point I did, How, yes. I, okay. I read I read the entire run. Okay, so I've read the entire series. Hav, I don't think you have, correct? No. Uh, okay. I've read a fair amount, but I think okay. I bowed out somewhere around issue 50-something. Okay, so you, yeah. you've, got, you've gotten deep, so that's okay. What I loved, especially since it's been a while since I read the... We only read the first eight issues for this, but what I loved about it is having known the entire thing was going, oh my gosh, that's not coming back around for a long time, or this isn't... So the either he was just putting some things in and he reached back, or some of the stuff, because it came up quicker, you know he was going to use it immediately. But the fleshed out that he was able to draw from without really having to retcon anything that happened before is kind of amazing from a, a writer's standpoint. And oh, it yeah. shows what, what uh, I love. Go ahead, Patrick. Oh, I say the one I love is that they visit a college and there's a weird thing that happens and then that's it. And that doesn't come back for I don't, a long time. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like, oh, we're going to drop this in now. Yes. It, it, it's amazing. And the whole, and we don't get anywhere with it, but the whole robot thing as we're going on. Oh, my God. What, what they do with, with him and the, I mean, they're even dropping, there was in it a precursor to some kind of talk about that's what that's what villains do or this or no we're not villains i can't oh i meant to it was a busy week i meant to write this down but foreshadowed completely part of robots arc long-term arc which was just would never obviously would have caught it when i read it the first time just watching it just watching it just just reading it i haven't touched this comic book or properties in written form for sure since back when it was coming out i think i found out it was coming out and by the time i realized invincible was out the first trade was already collected so that's where kind of about the time frame when i jumped in but even even going back and i read it i hadn't read any of the newer issues so but now reading it this time knowing what you know about omni-man at the end of this arc right but starting it off knowing that and just seeing it from that perspective, it's, it's cool. Amongst, amongst all the other things y'all already mentioned and all the plot lines dropped or, or little 
you know, Easter eggs or whatever you want to call them. I was going to mention Alan the alien is just a great character yes. that you get yes. just a tiny, tiny slice of in this in this uh, opening eight issues. So early on in passing, Omni-Man mentions the Guardians of the Globe, right? Yes. Just mm-hmm. in passing, like in one of the first few issues, and then you're, you don't see or hear about them until the end. So yes. awesome. When he brutally murders them all. Yeah. Yes. So quick, quick synopsis. As Patrick brought up, it's basically teenage superhero gets powers. He gets his powers because he's Omni-Man's son. So he's that world's, what we think of as that world's superhero when actually he's Jack Snyder's, Zack Snyder's uh, Superman. I I tried to say Superman. I (laughs) said superhero. But he's Zack Snyder. I mean, he, if you've watched the show, you know what happens. But it happens. It takes a little long. Didn't they do that in the show just immediately with him murdering? Oh yeah, it was the end of the first episode. The end of the but first the thing episode. is, you didn't, you, you didn't know who. Yes. Oh, that's right. You didn't know. You you saw they were murdered. Okay. So right. And they they kind of did that when he murdered them there. We didn't know for a brief amount of time that it was him. Right. No. Right. It was in the same comic. It was literally. Oh, it was? Okay. No, I because that I I'm gonna jump ahead of you because uh-huh. it's. That's one of the things I think the show did so much better. Uh-huh. Like, we really got to meet the Guardians of the Globe in the show very first, mm-hmm. whereas in the comic, they each got a one-page introduction, and then they were killed. Yeah. I mean, there was. I mean, you could see that, okay, there's definitely a parallel. Like, that's obviously Wonder Woman. That's obviously Batman. That's obviously Green Lantern, except he swallows the stone instead of a ring, which is disgusting. But that's then they were killed awesome. real quickly. Oh, yeah, no. That, I, yeah, I really kind of want more of that character because that's just like, that's just a weird thing. And then you know it was, you know who killed them, which we're not revealing yet for some odd reason. But in the show, it's just you know, you got to meet them. That everyone knows. That's why we're not saying Omni right. Man killed them. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't want to be the no, first one to say it. Yeah, you, um, do, you don't, you didn't want to be the hob of this podcast. I, <laughs> Stay in your lane, bro. This already has. I, no, I, the po- the podcast already has a hov. I'm not trying to be the hov. But I love it was a mystery in the show. It was like we didn't find out till much later. And then it was this really powerful reveal mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, my God, you know, and why? And then you find out the reason and everything. And it's just like, oh. Well, the, the, it just it took a I, I, I liked what they did in the show, but I thought they took a different path because what they did was Omni-Man is Mark Invincible's father we we find out his background we find out that it's he's probably going to pass on the his powers to his son and we get this whole kryptonian ish backstory that we'll eventually find out is absolute and complete utter horseshit because mm-hmm. it's all about we go and we help these planets and help them thrive and become better and he's this he he's a hero and in reality, he's a one-man conquering force. You find out way later. But what you're getting is you get a teenage superhero. He is in high school. He is he he joins a team. The why well, he didn't quite join them, but he's part of the teen team. Is that what? The, which I just love. Forget this teen team team. Right. And he meets a girl who actually goes to his high school. He did. Doesn't he meet her the them the first time out of costume? Yeah, he was out flying in just his, it, his uh, pajama, pajama pants bottoms. and no shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And he helps them do something, and then he recognizes, oh, what is her name? Adam, Adam Eve. Eve. Adam Eve. She has powers, and he find, they're familiar to each other because they go to high school together. And neither one of them was wearing a mask there. She 
never wears a mask. She just is that superhero. No mask. Everyone knows who she is immediately if they see her again. She well, into the glasses. To, to that when when the whole when we were doing the whole arc or reading the arc about the the chemistry professor or whatever the the, uh, the teacher he's a uh-huh. high school teacher they show up at his house because they realize it's him and he calls them both by their first names he's like yeah I know it's you Mark and you don't even wear a mask uh, and Eve so come on in and he reveals you know why he's doing everything which is hilarious oh it yeah, wasn't the, actually hold on hold on it wasn't hilarious. I thought it was why, funny. Why he's doing it is not hilarious. No, not why he's doing it. Him calling. No, yes. Okay, sorry. Okay. I, I just want to say the way you structured that and he invites him in and tells him, he tells him why he's doing this, which is hilarious. I meant him <laughs> the whole, you know, look, I can see the bottom half of your face. You don't wear a mask. I mean, come on, Hob. You that was it, funny. You find it hilarious that a man turned evil because bullies tortured his son so much that he committed suicide. I have a weird sense and of now humor. He's no, that is not funny. That is not funny. I'm sorry. I, I can see why the way I phrased that sounded like that. No, I meant just the whole, you know, Clark Kent, not in this case, but the whole, hey, look, if you're going to wear a mask, do it. Or if you're not going to wear a mask, don't expect your super identity or your, your secret identity not to be known, Adam yes. Eve. Yes. That reminds me of the line in the much maligned Green Lantern movie, which was, I've known you for... Since we were children, you think I'm not going to recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? You know, yeah. it's same idea. It's like, yeah. all right, a little harder going ahead. Half mask there as a. Yes. It, it, masks really don't do that much. I, I mean, also you, like. I'm oh, sorry. What you clearly need is a hood and grease paint across your eyes. <laughs> like Arrow for the first season. And then he had a mask. I was disappointed. And, I was disappointed when he had a mask. I actually really liked the hood because I was amazed that it stayed up constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't I, show the uh, all the bobby pins in the back. I guess is well, what it, you know. It it was actually more of a cowl because wasn't it like a heavy? It, it was a hood yeah. that it was almost rigid. Which yeah. the other thing is, so he's fighting. Not not to bag on what is one of the best superhero TV shows ever. How can he see peripherally? Nope. No peripheral vision. When it's cold and I put my head up and I'm walking through a parking lot, I I, I start, I get my head on a swivel because I'm like, I'm going to get run over because I can't see what I normally see. True. No, I thought about Yeah, that's a very good point. I liked Arrow too, by the way. That was a great show. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention also before we, we move on to anything else, you just mentioned the name, you know, Teen Team uh-huh. being just so just blunt i guess or straightforward a lot of the names like when you meet the robot it's robot robot is called robot he's a robot surprise surprise yes duplicate i thought was great i actually i thought that was a brilliant name Uh, and and i also love that it immediately immediately the first we find out about her is that she's she's having sex with adam eve's boyfriend as explode as yeah. as multiples. Yeah. Because yes, if you're dating a duplicate, you get to have sex with multiple women. Better the same woman, but yeah, I yes. get you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and just a couple other names that I jotted down that were just so great. War woman. Like look, war woman, she likes to fight <laughs> war woman, and then the other one, Martian man. Yes. They they wanted to be very yeah. clear who some of these people were. Right. I mean uh, I, I don't think we have to go through who War Woman was an analog for and who 
what, Martian, what was it? Martian man. Martian man. See, I, I was Martian, yeah. so easy. I forgot the man part in that for in that ten seconds. Yes, we, we all know who they are supposed to be. Now, one of the Guardians of the Globe, though, that I really dig, and when from I liked when I read the comic way back uh, in the early two thousands, that we see a little bit of is Immortal. Yes. Is he just called Immortal? I think it's or the Immortal? Immortal. The Immortal. Okay. Yeah, so do you get to see him. Yeah, you get introduced to all of them, and they all get offed and killed. Su- surprisingly, the immortal comes back. Right. Surprise, surprise. But he, w- when he's killed, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty not just cool. a clever cause, name. Because he just rips off his head, which is, I mean, Highlander rules. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, he goes to town on him, all of them, especially immortal Ooh. man, the immortal. I don't think he did that. Okay, that's how you took that. I see what we're doing here. Okay. Oh, before we go on, also, I wanted to keep on saying that, but I wanted to also mention Robert Kirkman writer, art, uh, the pencils anyway, by Corey Walker, who I think a pretty cool, pretty cool job. Did a really great job. Yes. Did, did not, did not keep up with it. They, they did end up changing artists and some people thought that that would change because they just couldn't keep up with the pace of doing it. I did read that. I can't remember. There is another, there's another author, either in the, I think even in these eight issues we read. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, another artist. But yeah, the artist, the art is great. They've got some just almost iconic costumes, and I loved how they talked about that when they put him in his first costume, and they were discussing, well, I want want it to be iconic. This doesn't. And the costumer is like, yeah, everybody wants an iconic costume, but no one can say what what would be an iconic costume. (laughs) I I need more information than that. And that was the maybe maybe come up with your name and I can work from that. Some of the changes I liked between the comic and the the TV show that I thought worked really well were Mark's best friend in the comic. And you didn't get as much of it in the the beginning, although he is kind of dickish. He, he also starts doing a lot of kind of anti-gay stuff, more in tune with what was going on in the early 2000s as it went forward and then he comes out and in the tv show they say look he's in high school he's gay everybody knows it this is 20 well what was that 2021 when it came out and i liked that change because we're, we're talking yeah. about a different time period where it is fortunately okay for someone to be who they are in high school now and whereas it was not oh i i i suspect it was not easy to do that in the early aughts well, and you got to think, too, you know, uh, this came out in 2003 and was probably written sometime in the late 90s and maybe even conceived in the early 90s. So, yeah. I mean, it definitely it, it was an interesting. It, it, I thought William was best friend was a really cool arc in that, especially yes. further on through the series, because yes. he started out so angry. And mm-hmm. when he does come out, you're like, oh, OK, that's why. And yeah. he's not as angry anymore. Yes. And that is um, that is a good thing. I just like. Yeah, the- oh, absolutely. I just liked the, the, the just switch. We're going to take away some of the stuff that not all of what they did with him worked as well, in my or, opinion. Yeah, he or didn't, would work now, didn't have right? as much depth. Yes. Yeah. And, and they just they, they just leaned into let, let's let's make let's let him be who he was from the beginning. And I'm really looking forward to season two if it ever comes out. Oh, yeah. And about the show, the the show to me, I only watched it once. And quite frankly, I didn't remember the 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 few of the differences y'all pointed out. I only watched I just, it once too. I don't. What's I'm just well, teasing you. Sorry, joke. joke. It, no, no. It, it but the tone overall yeah. of the show, it, as as opposed to some other properties that get adapted, whether to cartoons, 
animated or or live action, sometimes the tone is just off, different. Yeah. Sometimes that works. They didn't do that with Invincible. They the tone, the you know, it just felt like they did a really good job of just translating, not panel for panel, meaning it's a storyboard, but they did a good job of translating what was a good comic book into a really, really good animated show. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think the thing I liked the most about both the comic and the show, but it was the kind of the you're, you're dealing with some of the realities of being a superhero. And there's even a speech later when you meet Titan, which I cannot remember was in that first eight episodes or not. That might be later. OK, that was later. Sorry. Well, there was a whole speech. He's like, well, why would you want to be a superhero? I mean, the bad guys are coming for you. They're going to try to kill you. But superheroes don't kill, you know, so you're handbagged like that and they get into that. You know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, we're not supposed to kill anybody, but stuff happens. And the show, you definitely hear that, like, you see but civilians dying, you. you see. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's definitely the the dark side of that, which I think is something a lot of comic book properties maybe sort of skip. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, sometimes people have to be killed. A lot of a lot of the reason they skipped that is because of back in the fifties when they lost their damn minds about comic books. And in fairness, some of the comic books were just, and they were directly marketed to children, were just horrifically gory, violent, and really just oh my lord, what are they doing? It didn't need the backlash that it got, but so they kind of shy away from it, and that's why you get a little. Marvel, both Marvel and DC have done more adult imprints at times where they come out, well, we're going to run this line. It doesn't tend to work, so now they kind of just have some darker titles in their regular stuff, and that's where Image and Dark Horse are allowed to kind of play in a different arena than they are because they're not the big two, and they're not going to, if they come out with a darker, grittier comic, going to get the backlash from the public that if you let Zack Snyder write a Superman comic. <laughs> well, and also, you know, yes, I agree with all that. Plus image and dark horse, as opposed to DC and Marvel, the, the, the titles comic books, there are creator owned, right? That's great. And except, except they're, if they're licensed, you know, like a dark horse, I know licenses a lot of uh, properties, but you know, this is Kirkman's baby. I mean, it he is. can do whatever he wants to. He doesn't have editorial at Marvel or, you know, Disney now, if you're at Marvel, you know, telling him, no, you can't have Omni-Man kill all the Guardians of the Globe in our in our comic book. No, he, he, he obviously had a really tight plan of where he wanted to go and kind of looks like he stuck to it, which is awesome. He is just proudly proclaiming team books are garbage immediately. <laughs> Bingo card. Charles has uh, mentioned that he uh, <laughs> doesn't like team t uh, team books, so there, that's another there one. Go. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's he, that's a good point. I like. That. I, I I don't I don't have any reason to think he doesn't like team books, other than the fact that he brutally murdered the Justice League fairly quickly <laughs> in a in a superhero book with one main hero. And pretty gory, and if memory serves, the comic books gets really... I mean, that was bad enough, right? Just, I mean, easily dispatching the whole Justice League analogs. And then it gets even more bloody and kind of more... Yeah, because doesn't he... 
I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't read this, it came out in the early 2000s. Him and his son go toe-to-toe. <laughs> yeah. No, not in the arc we 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 did, but he beats the ever-loving snot oh. out of his son. And I want to say it's not too long into the series where that happens, right? Yeah, I think it's in the next arc because I think that's when they find out. That's when Mark, at this point, no one knows who killed, where we ended, no one knows who killed uh, uh, the Guardians of the Globe. But you, the interesting thing is, even though he did his heel turn, Hop. I know what that means now. He did not, he was clearly showing remorse a little bit because his wife was talking to him about it. Just something's wrong. I can see something's wrong. Well, you know, all my friends just died. And she's like, no, it's more than that. You've lost, you've lost friends before. There's something going on. And that all kind of turns later when they find out and he and his son, he tells his son, and see, that was the speech, and they did the speech in the TV show. As far as I remember, it if it wasn't verbatim, it took absolutely everything from the comic about how, as you age, you're going to be more and more and more like me. Your powers are going to continue to grow. You are, you are much, the genetics, we're such a superior race. And it really comes in because they are that type of race. They're they're Nazi superheroes. You are going to continue to become like me. I, your mother is a pet. Our job is to take this this world over, and we will rule it, and we will bring people in, and it will be what we do. And you have to choose right now. And Mark, to his credit, chooses Earth and his mother. He also makes the comment that his mother is just like a pet to him. Which, yeah, that's harsh. Yeah, that was that was really yeah. harsh. And then they have this, I won't say an epic fight, because he beats the ever-loving crap out of his son. And he is about to kill him, and then he just tears off and flies off into space. Yeah, the line that I love so much is, what will you even have in 500 years? And he just looks at him, you, Dad, I'd have you. That, that was it. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. That that got me. Yeah. It, it got me when you repeated it right there. I was like, oh, yeah, that was what yeah. it did. That, that, that's the feels one. So just a an incredible comic right out of the gate. It's not easy to run. I, I say that, but we keep reading all of these that are just incredible out of the gate. Miss Marvel, Gwenpool. I'm good with my list. No, I, I was going <laughs> to pick it back real fast. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm supposed to do three, but no, nah, I'm good with that. Miss Marvel and Gwenpool are awesome. We should mention that every uh, podcast. There you go. <laughs> and you were talking about the, the, the big fight that, of course, doesn't happen in this introductory, you know, run that we read, but it also goes, you know, Seeing the father-son dynamic. We've talked about some some comic books that have really interesting kind of, I think, enthralling family dynamics, whether it's brothers or fathers and two sons, like in uh, Starman. I, I had forgotten about that part, uh, Patrick, until you mentioned it, but I remember it now. I remember until the pet thing about the mom, mm-hmm. and it's like, ooh, oh, also, you're having sex with your pet then, so what does that say about you, dude? And then, <laughs> And then the whole thing... With with Mark saying, well, you know, yeah, Look, the, when the time when centuries pass, it'll still be me and you, Dad. And I was like, ooh, yeah. I I just I just want to make something clear. Consent is important. So he, she, we, we see she's clearly consenting to what's going <laughs> yeah. on with them. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. There's yeah. It but was it's more. Just... It was more along the lines of her lifespan is so short. She's more like a pet. One of the greatest. One of the greatest things I and I don't know if I sent it to the two of y'all at some point talking about Chewbacca and Han and the life disparities 
because they in like in Chewbacca to Han's pet, and they're like, no, no, really, Han is it based on his lifespan. Han is like Chewbacca's second pet. Yeah, that he canonically, you know, pals around the universe with while ignoring his wife, child, and uh, yeah, grandfather back on I, Kashyyyk. I, I think I think they've I think they've retconned out that's the, the him having a family. Never. Well, no, they they, they wiped <laughs> all of that canon, and pretty much. I, are we looking forward to the holiday special that they're going the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Because they're going Wait, to what? the Guardians of the Galaxy are doing a holiday special on. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> and I swear they were talking about doing a Star Wars holiday special of some sort, but I may have just imagined. Oh, that there is. There's a Lego. Well, there's, there's a Lego right, Star Wars Le- holiday special. Okay, have you watched yeah. that? I have not. Okay, no. neither have I. Okay. The the one that's come out, right? That's already come out, right? The the holiday yeah, Lego yeah. Star Wars. Yes. I think I it's funny. It's 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 tongue in cheek. Have 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 Sawyer and Audrey seen no, Star Wars yet? No, not yet. I'm okay. I'm waiting till When are we going to do that? When, <laughs> he started to talk about it. I mean, uh-huh. I I, I want to get him to at least like 7 or 8. Okay. I saw it when I was Just cuz I don't feel like I yes, and you know, we're going to get into Later in the podcast about our parents and their terrible choices, and I, I loved <laughs> that movie. No, I'm kidding. No, I at four. I don't was... really have any. I think. Do you want to know why I'm actually waiting to show my son Star Wars? Because if he doesn't like it, I'm going to be heartbroken. Uh, that's yeah, why that's I'm waiting. A fair point. I got you. I got. I you. mean, that's and that's a, a 100% selfish, silly reason. But if do, he's going to be like, he's going to like the prequels more because of Jar Jar. I'm going to be like just crushed. Well, no, you have to send, you have to show them in the order that they came out. So we start with Star Wars. Do you, you do know that I had to finally show Corbin Star Wars because he hadn't seen it. He hadn't seen it. He hadn't seen it. And then it was one of those, well, I've seen parts of it because he would like watch a little clip here and there. And I'm like, no, we got to sit down and watch this dude. And then he loved it. So Maybe maybe his yeah. uncle should show it to him instead of his father. Maybe or, or we could all watch it together. I know. I, know. I, mean, I was I was I was teasing you. Yeah, I was Plus, gonna. I was not, not gonna jump into that movie. Oh no, it's not the same movie. It has been changed, but no. Well, it has been I changed. Tell you my, I added scenes and yeah, some of them are good. My cousin's uh, kiddo, uh, goddaughter. Uh, I was a little uh, crestfallen because. She'd come over. She'll come over and hang out, or we'll babysit her for a night or overnight. And one time, a few years ago, you know, she was third grade, second grade. I was like, "Hey, you want to watch Star Wars?" And she's like, "Eh, no, nah, I, I tried. Not really my thing." I was like, "Oh, okay." Hey, Patrick, before I forget, how old are your kiddos? So you're not Audrey. The five and three. Okay. So. Gotcha. Weirds me out that you're writing that down, Huff. I yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why it words me out. It was just like you asked that and immediately made a note. I'm like, I don't okay. Because I forget, man. It, my, I have the, okay. I have like a goldfish memory, and then I'm gonna probably ask again or like in like minutes. That 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 was purely <laughs> to his profession. That was just something. This is an important aspect of this person I'm talking to, so I'll write that down. No, that's fair. I, the, the reason I was worried is because Hav is a lawyer, and I've you know said something, and you know he's like, I'm just gonna sue you now. I don't know why. I think that's what lawyers do. I don't know what a lawyer is. Just sad. We do take notes. We do take. We do take a lot of notes. <laughs> that's what they do. They take notes and use that's, them against okay, you. Okay, I can see that. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. So, the other thing I, I the 
talking about Omni-Man killing everybody, feeling remorse, and then he's talking at the funeral, and just, of course, awkward, because then he's, I think there's a part I remember from what we read where he's giving condolences to the Aquaman analog's wife. It's like, yeah, that's weird. But also cool at the funeral, you see Savage Dragon, and I don't know, I didn't know, I don't know a bunch of characters from Image, even back then, but you see a few other characters who I'm blanking on. Oh, Shadowhawk. You see Shadowhawk and... I forget. There's a couple other that I recognize. It's like, ah, I remember when they were in comic books for Image. I thought that was cool. Because it is, I guess, at some level, a shared universe, maybe? I don't know. I, I guess that, that you know, rereading it, I was like, ah, the Savage Dragon is in this universe. So that was kind of interesting. That is cool. I don't know who that is, but, but that's that's cool. Well, by that same really? token, Bill and Ted, Excellent Adventure exists in that universe because someone wears a wild stallion's hat at some point in school. Nice. Oh, wow. So canonically, Keanu Reeves exists in this universe. Keanu Reeves exists in every universe and throughout well, yeah. time. <laughs> have you not seen the pictures? <laughs> oh, no, I have, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. He is an immortal being. Oh, I, I used to, I, I saw something recently uh, online, and it, it said, when someone asks you how old you are, just say, I don't know, you kind of lose count after the first couple of centuries. <laughs> and I love that so much, I actually used that on somebody this week. They, 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 how old are you? Oh, I don't know, you kind of lose count after the... Uh, first couple of centuries the the follow-up because on the thread on that was after they did it i said yeah i had a i had a friend i said that once and my friend immediately responded oh for the love of god you are 1262 years old you know that (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty nice so i thought that was that was brilliant what i was thinking uh heard the other day was well i remember fire being new (laughs) I cannot stress enough how much I love this comic book. I I love, like I said, the little bits of things that keep coming back, like the them immediately fighting the aliens coming from another dimension that yes. you realize have a different time on them. And so then you go back and then they immediately bring that back because they immediately come and grab him, Omni-Man, out of it. And the comment when he said he'd been there for eight months and then later when he's talking to his son, he says, yeah, I tend to round down around your mom as in I was there for a much, much longer time than eight months. And that comes back later when another character, two characters get pulled in. And then there's a whole there's a whole thing of what happens to them there over this long time period. So just... Just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comic book overall. Well, they do actually also eventually flash back and show his time. Nolan's in the other dimension. Oh, do they? I didn't remember that. Okay. Well, maybe they do it in the comic, in the show. Yeah, I I, I can't remember now. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think it was in the show because he's, yeah, in the show, it's just supposed because he's telling the same story he told in the comic about how he... Yeah. Oh, he does, and I worked with the resistance, and in, they're showing him just devastating the entire planet and screaming and covered in blood, and you're just like, uh, well, yes. Well, we we found out who he is or who he was raised to. He was raised to be, and that's that's one of the yeah. things I liked about this too is his art throughout it as a vil, vil, yeah because he was Vilramite Vil Vil is that it's yeah it's something Vilian. like that vil, Viltrium is how vil, I have Viltrium? it written down okay. Then that's probably it. He he has a really good arc throughout the entire thing. I I truly enjoyed it. No, it is good. And, and I also then, love. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Patrick. I also loved Mark's mom's reaction when he told her that 
his dad had been pulled into another universe. And it's like, oh, just us for dinner then. Yes. Just so laissez-faire. Just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I also liked the that he's a world-famous novelist and he, he writes a book in a weekend because that is a direct steal from certain arcs with Clark Kent. Because at some point during Superman runs, Clark Kent was a novelist as well. And he would write, I mean, he could just, because of the speed, he just goes through it and they, they talk. Did they even do the, did they do the joke in here about he has to go buy some more keyboards? Because I yeah. swear that was a Superman joke too. It, it, it just, oh, because yeah. he just goes through all these keywords. You have to have a special because he can just type so fast. Well, do, the, do we... Go ahead. The invading aliens thing was... Uh, I was b- b- Before we... The, the invading aliens thing also... I And I'm sure maybe somebody else had done the whole time difference thing, uh, alternate dimension. If they had, I, d- I didn't remember it when I read this. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just a cool plot device, whatever story or, or aspect to it that, again set up a lot of stuff that's going to be uh pay off even more so later. Yeah, it's just a good and, and Charles you're right. The the arc of 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 the dad it gets it, it gets better. It, it's it yeah, not spoiling it for anybody if you want to read it, but it's 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 again really well done and a good like we said like I've said before, a good introduction to a brand new universe for me that sucked me in there for a good while. I I'm probably going to go back and continue to read because I've only read it all the way through once, so I'm probably going to do that again. There's something I reading it for this, rereading it for this, I definitely picked up on. It was really interesting to just pick up on, like, oh, yeah, that's going to come back. Oh, that's going to come back. Oh, they're setting this up now. Yeah. I mean, I can't, it, I can't, believe, they, so well I can't believe they started doing that here. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, let, let me ask you guys this, and I don't, I didn't Google this, and you all might know because I think you'll know Invincible way better than me. Was there ever a Guardians of the Globe comic, even a limited series that they did back then? I don't you know? know. Okay, I haven't Googled it. I just didn't want to. And Patrick Google. shrugged. Yeah. Okay. Good use, good use of a audio medium, Patrick. Uh, you know, I'm here to entertain. So I did want to. There's two things I wanted to uh, to. To say about this, one is if you like this, I have I have a recommendation, which I know is not what we do, but it's an actual book, a book book with words and no pictures. So, Javi, you can ignore this. Um, okay, thank you. Superpowered by Drew Hayes. I know, right? Superpowered by Drew Hayes. It's a world in which superheroes exist, and they go to college to learn how to be superheroes, and it's absolutely amazing because it is a realistic. Okay, this is what powers are. You have to learn. No one knows you're a superhero when you're in college learning how to do it and just how everything works. And it's like reading this made me, it's like, if you like this comic, you're going to love this. It's four books and they're amazing. Cool. And I said two things, but I didn't actually have two. Well, you you mentioned four books, so that kind of... There you go. It all balances out. It all balances out. I thought we were reading the first 32 issues, so I have a lot more notes, but that's okay. I did not do that. I, I did want to point the one thing that, that I do know they made a comic book out of later on that there's a very in the background you see science dog poster and maybe a science dog yes. comic book and they, and I know because I picked it up because I was fascinated when when they did it they did a little science dog like two issue thing back in late two thousands early two early twenty tens maybe or some sometime after Invisible had been out for a while. All right, so that that's definitely a thumbs up on Invincible. I, I do have a correction yes. from our retrospective, not a correction, an addition to our bonus episode that we just released. Hav, I added some dystopian things that I think you left off. Oh, cool. For the dystopian. Uh, Spider Island was dystopian. Yeah. 
Uh, as you pointed out at the time, it was a virus, and it was right in the middle of COVID when we I had us read that. So that was what you're dunking on on that. And by the way, bitter root is also dystopian. That's right. Yeah, I invading hell demons yes, or some such. I, I, I mean, I think the U.S. as a whole is dystopian when it comes to race relations. Yeah, fair. So, yeah, I I just uh, while I was editing. I was like, oh, wait a minute, listening. I'm like, hold on, hold on. We left a few off, particularly the Spider Island one, because that was one of the ones you kept bringing up when you were saying Charles and his dystopian hellscapes. I think you were on a run there where it was like a few in a row where there, you were like, yeah. There was, yeah. I, well, I, I it, did run through some. Not a not a correction from the, from the retrospective episode, special episode that we did. I just realized... I think almost immediately when we got done, I don't think we mentioned Wonder Woman once. I think maybe even I mentioned that to you. I think and we mentioned it once. Did we? Okay. I don't know. Well, because maybe. I enjoyed it, it yeah. and it was, yeah, just, I don't know. It just was weird that it didn't come up naturally in the conversation, but I I liked it. And of course, George Perez did the art and the writing for yeah. that. So I, I that probably was just something. Sh- I should, probably should have made it 10th on my list instead of Under Siege. Speaking of dunking on someone... Gosh darn it! That's on the bingo card for sure. Dunking on under siege, mm-hmm. but well played. Yeah, and we also had a pol- moment of politics in there as well. You know, so that's we're up to four ticks right now. So <laughs> nice. Somebody's got a bingo out there. Awesome. Our 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 uh, I'm good. web creator should make a bingo card. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm like, I'm keep making this joke. I'm gonna have to actually make this thing now. <laughs> damn it. I I will say since I took notes on that for the retrospective, and I actually have. The, the notes that I wrote with my top 10 list, I was like, hey, I, if we took notes, they could easily turn into blog posts. We could throw a blog up on the thing. So I was going to take notes on this. And literally the only note I took was about the dystopian stuff from the last podcast because I just didn't. <laughs> and I did. I enjoyed taking the notes and I liked being able to have the stuff. But I finished reading whatever day I told Patrick that we were definitely set for this morning. I had just finished Invincible and then I read Exit Stage Left again yesterday. So the time period I had to take notes afterwards was was very, very, very truncated. I do want to talk about, we do have the website that Patrick was kind enough to put together for us. It is havandcharles.com, havandcharles.com mm-hmm. as presented by Patrick Herring. Do not put that in the title, although that would be funny if you no. did. <laughs> it's presented by Patrick Herring. You can you can email us from there. Patrick set up a message us place on there, so it's a lot easier to find. We, Hav and I are both on Twitter. Hav is at Havgonzo Tweets, and I'm at Herring Red Reel. And we have a podcast Twitter account at J and C Talk Comics. J and C Talk Comics. We, we would love for you to like and subscribe and to come and interact with us in any of the myriad ways that you can. So, And also because I get super excited when we get oh, uh, he gets some he mail. Just, he's just so a flutter. And what's great is if we get mail, I forward it to him and then he forgets. Yeah. Or doesn't read it and it's like, okay, wait, we got it. I was like, dude, I, I sent it to you. Yeah, it gets buried. Man, I don't even know why I have. I need to, it's so hard to keep up with like blocking or unsubscribing to stupid stuff that you get in your personal email because mm-hmm. I'll have like a, a wake up or at the end of a day, if I don't check email for a day, I'll have over 100 emails and 90% of it is just trash. Junk. Oh yeah, you got to go unsubscribe from that. You also need two email addresses. You need one for the stuff that you want the reoccurring things on 
and one for your personal and important things like bills and because you can you can split those out. Good idea. Yes. This is Good your lesson idea. in how to live a better life in the 2020s. <laughs> that or throw your phone out the window. Yeah. I mean, I would never fair. do that. I love my phone. Okay. So, we also read a wonderful comic book called Exit Stage Left The Snagglepuss Chronicles which is a lighthearted romp through the comic book universe of <laughs> yeah yeah this was brilliant it it was, yes. it was you know it was great but in rereading it i had forgotten i know you were being you're making a funny and being sarcastic but as opposed to flintstones same author which was kind of lighthearted and 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 yeah there were some serious themes holy crap exit stage left the snagglepuss chronicles it starts off you know kind of lighthearted but then it just keeps on getting serious more serious i mean with with funny you know light that lighthearted just quips and but man i had forgotten how the, the, none of the quips were lighthearted no i mean it's they just were, yeah they, you're right they were they were all deep dark and funny as hell yeah so hey patrick did you like it canonically according to charles i refused to read it so oh no, I did read it. No, I thought it was incredible. It was it was at times, as Charles said, brilliantly funny and also just brutal. And the fact that it's these, you know, humans and anthropomorphic animals who never wore pants combined was just, <laughs> you know, incredible. And and once I realized none of them wore pants, it did actually take me back a second. I was like, well, hang on. I mean, yes. How is yes. How that working? It's the horse. You're thinking about the horse. I, not just the horse. Well, I know, but oh, uh, in case no. <laughs> no, that's not what I was thinking of. But now I am. <laughs> hey, in in case some some folks haven't read this one, Charles, do you want to take a stab at a synopsis, or do you want me to? the The synopsis would be basically if Snagglepuss were Tennessee Williams caught up in the Red Scare, and his best friend was William William Faulkner. Uh, even though the two of them were not were not friends, they basically the idea was the two of them, Huckleberry Hound and Snagglepuss, grew up together in was it Mississippi or correct correct okay, so they grew up in Mississippi as closeted obviously closeted gay men and Snagglepuss left Huckleberry Hound stayed there and got married and was a novelist Snagglepuss got out went and did regional theater for a while and then became a world uh, a world renowned playwright. And got caught up in the Red Scare, got pulled up and refused to name names the first time he went in front of Congress. And this is where we meet him. He it's that that story. It's basically the story of the two people with a play that they're putting on right now is basically about he and his friend Huckleberry Hound. So they're we don't know that yet, but they're building this play as they're going through it. Huckleberry Hound shows up in New York because his wife has gotten pictures of him with a man and they made a deal that if he leaves and never comes back that won't get out and this is the setting for this story and it is very i don't have the i I can't find the words for what it is it is it's brilliant it is deep it is skewering of that time period snagglepuss is witty sad the the character sad kind in just amazing ways for what he's going through that they have all these little things he's visiting an old man in the 
in a in an old folks home which is called I, i'm sorry you're not going to see me for a minute because i took a picture of it and it was just because i i did do a bunch of screenshots on this this is the fiorello laguardia home for the old and friendless wow yes i had i had missed that that is a yeah i i dark I, yeah, it really was. They did have the a Nighthawks shot that I took a picture of, except that it's not the from the outside with them sitting in the diner. It's three of them walking past the diner, and then they go inside, but they're a corner diner like in the Nighthawks picture. Hav, you and I are, have often talked about how often that they use that in things. I was going to mention it if you were, but yeah, okay. it was, it's one of my notes because it was it's a yeah iconic piece of art and it, it's used often in in comic books. Yes. Why not? Well, it's used often in comic books. It's used often in movies. It's it's redone often in photographs. It is just something that is just out there and part of the uh, zeitgeist. One of my favorite words, which I now know how to pronounce correctly. I think <laughs> I used to say zeitgeist too, dude. Yeah, so I know. Just, That's fine. You know. I'm just I'm just in case anyone listening and heard me say it that way, and they're like, but he said zeitgeist. I did. I clearly didn't know how to pronounce it. I've been hearing it on podcasts and books on books on tape that I listen to in the car, and I'm like, "Wow, they all pronounce it that way." I guess that might be the way they that it's pr- pronounced. No, it's it, hey, it's all a plot to just get you to seem silly. No one has to work hard for me to seem silly. <laughs> Charles, you mentioned the him visiting the old man who, uh-huh. you know, contextually you figure out I think is his dad. At some yeah. point, uh, maybe not right off the bat, but pretty soon, if not right off the bat. But uh, yeah, I don't, you know what, you, you said uh, words to describe it. It was very well done. It, yes. it, it got across a lot of angst. Yeah. Melancholy, sadness. It was, it was just a, it's a hard read. It's not one that I'm probably going to reread, but I wanted to, to read it. I, I, I picked it up when it came out back in 20. It was one of the few comic books I, I picked up and read as it came out just not that many years ago. But yeah, it, it, it just shines a really big light. Oh, and then the other character that I wanted to point out was the character Gigi Allen, the, uh, the investigating government heavy that's just trying you know trying to manipulate snagglepuss into giving up names and turning on his friends and you find out that she's closeted too and uh, they, they, they at the end i didn't know who the analogy was for her at the end they do a really nice job of telling us who different analogies were i kind of picked up on tennessee williams when i read it in the floppies i didn't know about huckleberry hound being faulkner until i read th- this collected edition and for that character that was closeted and and working for huac the roy Cohn house what roy Cohn. Yeah, Roy Cohn working for the House on Un-American Activities Committee, and Roy Cohn was in real life was closeted and would blackmail gay people, and just that dichotomy, and just, uh, uh, just yeah, more of the same of just ew, just a, again a hard read, but a great comic book. I, yeah, I think bringing up that her and that is like that is the best explanation I've ever heard for kind of why going after Hollywood and the Red Scare. I mean, it's insane from a, it's insane, but from a paranoid conspiracy point of view, you know, like we, you create these and you're showing, you know, unhappiness and sadness and everything else. And no, we need to show heroes. And that's why when they're going to drop the bomb, they're thinking of things and they're fighting for their country. And what I loved about that is because one of the, I wrote a paper in grad school about, Soviet realism and it's the short version of the Soviet realism is everything in the Soviet Union is wonderful and good and therefore alt 
all art should reflect that everything is wonderful and good. And it was this hand in hand. This is exactly what they're saying. It's like, well, no, you should show how wonderful America is and how incredible America is. Otherwise, we'll lose the communists. And it's just like, well, no, that's the exact same thing. And that's not how life works. And that was, to, as I said, the best explanation I've ever read for a reason about Hollywood and the Red Scare. That was probably more than they actually had, maybe. I, I don't know enough of that time period, unfortunately, about McCarthyism to to speak on it. But it's like, oh, okay, that from a you know paranoid conspiracy point of view makes a certain twisted logic it, it was mostly made up it was oh yeah yeah fair and enough it, and it was it's fascism it is we we we're we're otherizing so we can have power and the, a the justification whole, for their for, for their power grab yep well and speaking of the creation the creativity and, and the soviet realism which i didn't know was a thing yeah that, uh, that's Patrick, brilliant so. Patrick, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. That made me think of the interaction between Nixon and Khrushchev towards the end of, of the run, where you know Khrushchev, you know Nixon is telling Khrushchev, "You guys don't, you guys do stuff well, but you don't create anything new. We have jazz, we have blues, we have rock and roll." And then Khrushchev's response is, "Yeah, but then you you tear them down. The artists that mm -hmm. you admire for for rock and roll or jazz, you won't drink from the same fountain as them." And and true and. Then I look. I didn't do a lot of quotes or screenshots. Snagglepuss, when he's interacting at the end with with the the Gigi Allen Roy Cohn character, is talking about how you know creativity comes from sadness. I mean, something like that. Some conflict and and trials and tribulations. It just it just there's a lot of good stuff about why creatives, why artists create what they do, what the motivations are. At least according to Snagglepuss. Uh, as by Mark Russell. And really, it, okay, and then let me just say this since I'm talking real fast. Just doing all this through the, the the Snagglepuss and Huckleberry Hound in this universe for some reason makes it that much better and, and, and that much more something. I don't know. It just was just fascinating. Gigi Allen was talking. I, this is a screenshot I did take. Gigi Allen is talking to Snagglepuss and says you're America's greatest playwright and I'm hoping to recruit you to to our cause. In my experience the best way to rid yourself of an enemy is to make him your friend. And Snagglepuss replies, "In my experience an enemy is just what we call people who get in our way." Yeah. The whole dynamic of those two, especially in the her coming from the where she is absolutely correct and does I, I think that character really does believe what she's saying. I don't yes, think it, you know. Absolutely. I mean that is and that always makes, I think, in my mind, the best villains Yes, is when they are truly like, no, this is why Poison Ivy is one of my favorite villains, the way they've written her now. It's like mm -hmm. she's like, no, the planet's dying and I want to replace everyone with trees. I'm like, yeah, it's wrong to kill all humans, but I get it. Wait, what? You know, that, well, I'm just saying. Wait, no. Circle wrong back. To kill Hold all on. What? No, it's the I get it's it. It's wrong to kill all humans? Oh, no, well, yeah. I it mean, was I, the I get I, it. Yes. I mean. I, I'm saying I understand it. I'm saying agree with it. Like, I understand where they're... I, you can understand where someone is coming from without saying it, agreeing it's All a right. good thing. Okay. We are we are humans. We are developed. We can yes. hold more than one thought in our brain at a time. No, we can't. I, not according to some people, but yeah. We can even change our mind with presented with new and factual information. Wait, what? I, apparently, it, yeah. That's, I, a, I that's a thing that people do? Interesting. Not... not Some people. Um, Patrick, how dare you attack me? I... <laughs> Pretty sure I was just saying in general. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, well. It's, it's, it's. 
it's all that's going on right now after President Biden gave a yep. speech talking about some people are this and boy there there are a lot of people reacting to it. I what is the phrase a hit dog gonna holler? Yeah. Because they're losing their mind over what they're calling they're seeing this overly political speech saying democracy is good and fascism is bad. That's not overly political. Fascism, yeah, fascism is bad. Hey, the people that tried to uh, stop the, the the peaceful transition of power on January six are are fascist assholes that deserve to be prosecuted to the umpteenth degree of the law. And yeah, you're right, Charles. The people that have a problem with that, they're they're doing a good job of pointing themselves out for everybody. Yep. Just oh, okay. Yeah, no. they're, they're standing up and going, "Me, me." He was talking about me. Yeah, we 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 knew that, but thank you for admitting it. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I'm uh. not a baseball fan. I just have season tickets because I really love and a favorite team because I really love you know sodas and uh, ballpark hot dogs. You know, it's like you know, no, pick your lane. Come on, if you're voting for him. You're yeah, okay. Uh, another another thing I loved in that is when Gigi Allen goes to the town where the, to go to look at the nuclear bomb blast, and she's talking to a, Herman Kahn. Herman Kahn, and he is explaining another mathematician who came up with set theory i think it was he said came up with the set theory and that he had a nervous breakdown and he was committed and it reminded me of something i had to look up which is a a introduction to thermodynamics and statistical mechanics of the per perfect gas and the opening of this textbook this is a, a mathematics textbook Ludwig Boltzmann, who spent much of his life studying statistical, statistical mechanics, died in 1906 by his own hand. Paul Ernfest, carrying on the work, died similarly in 1938. Now it is our time to study statistical mechanics. <laughs> I think I'd want to drop that class. <laughs> just right? My, that is just one of my all-time favorite, just because I, I'd, I'd seen that before, and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to find that. Yeah, wow. That's a little different than the whole look to your left, look to your right. One of those people is not going to graduate with us. This is like look to your right, look to your left. One of these people is going to die by suicide. But die by their own hand. Oh my gosh. Wow. No. Oh, and that, that, that character is a real life, real life person because at the mm -hmm. end they did have a have a little thing about him that I didn't know when I read it. Herman Kahn, who was who's who who was he was who they based Doctor Strangelove in the what, movie Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. yeah. One of the people yeah. they did. Oh, talk about and then the whole thing movie. when she's visiting Doomtown, Population Zero, where they test you know the bomb with you know houses with mannequins in it and stuff. Back then, he he also mentions like, yeah, we do the drills, and there's the the little places you can hide. Everybody's gonna die. The, the bombs are so big, nobody would survive. You know, if there was a, a nuclear exchange, or you know, you can't get a bomb dropped on your town, and you're gonna survive. It's all it's all just to make people feel better. Well, it's the it's the both sides, too, because they have Khrushchev talking about seeming to be insane is good for you. And then you have him basically saying that this will be America saying, no, we think we can survive a nuclear holocaust and that will make them respond. So both sides are doing the exact same thing. Yeah, because it it is crazy. Mutually assured destruction. Mm hmm. And and nobody cared. Everybody's just building more bombs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot going on in this comic book on a lot of different levels, from personal stuff to like geopolitical crap from back then uh, that was pretty heavy. And then we haven't even talked about the Stonewall thing mm -hmm. uh, that they, they they you know they they move in time into the 50s, but again heart wrenching. What happens to Huckleberry Hound and his 
and his new love interest in that interaction is just it's just a oh yeah a lot of stuff and well done but oof. yeah that yeah I never was... thought I would I said I never thought I would read a comic where or anything in any media that Huckleberry Hound is going to commit suicide yeah it was did, just like that was an image I never expected to see in my life did you did you see how far ahead he foreshadowed that no really it started from the minute you met him his father was talking about it and even had a had a noose hanging on his wall because he was a judge a hang him high kind of judge and just throughout the whole thing you saw the steps sometimes literally and figuratively leading him to his death oh wow at least i did i and that was on second reading this is the first time you read it yeah I, I, yeah okay. i only read it once i i kind of felt that way when i read it the first time but you can really see down down the primrose path kind of thing to someone was going to die by their own hand. I and mean, that's because he gets, they set up a bust at the stone wall in order to catch Snagglepuss there so they could leverage him into responding better to the House on Un-American activities. And he decides not to go that night. And Huckleberry Hound gets nabbed and he gets beat by Quickdraw McGraw who was a cop at the time, who was his lover. And then he gets outed and arrested for deviancy. And they come to Snagglepuss and try to make a deal. We'll make all of this go away. You just play ball with us. And he was very, very much tempted to do it. He wanted, because of his friend, because he abandoned him once. He left, he left him in town, in the, in the podunk Mississippi town when he went off. And he doesn't. And then he finds out after he did it, that he'd already killed himself because he was going to, he told his wife, his pretend wife, to bring Huckleberry Hound in, have him live with him. They were going to live with, he was going to bring him in. We'll, we'll look after him. And she went to go get him and he had hung himself. And I, I think it's a, it's a powerful moment. Also, the reason he missed the raid was because he was introducing his wife, was called a lavender marriage, to his lover, Pablo. Yes. I think that was the first time they met because she was saying, I know this is not real, but I need something. I, 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 I need, need you some to give me part something you. from your marriage. Yes, that that was yeah. that and, was beautiful. Well, and you also uh, get at the was... end, I think that Snagglepuss really did love her the way uh -huh. the, the way he, he could said, love her. Yes. Yeah. And he told oh, yeah. her that I do. I, 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 I do love you. And, and bringing them together was that this is part of my life. You're both part of my and they were both asking for that because Pablo was asking for that, too. Yeah. Because he's saying, I, I only exist at the stone wall, and that that's where they were going, and he, he was irritated about that, and that's he, he showed up to get Pablo and said, come on, I'm taking you, and he's like, the stone wall, he's like, no, we're going somewhere else. I should have done this a long time ago, and it, it was great. I also love the fact that Pablo was a communist. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the whole time they're trying to get him to name names of communists, and he was uh, sleeping with a communist. Yeah. No, some of the lines in this were just were just brilliant. A man can no more hide his nature than outrun his shadow. That that was great. He he got Snagglepuss got called to read to, to on the night the opening night of his play. He got called out there and he says missing opening night of a play is like missing the birth of your child, but coming here feels like a funeral, so I suppose it evens out. They ask him, "Should we expect cooperation from you this time?" And he said, Ex "Expectation is the midwife of disappointment. If the committee comes after you, will you be uh, will you be 
will you be your defense? What, what will be, I'm sorry, what will be your defense? And he says, the truth, most likely. And then it, yeah, just... It, as, it, someone, I, as someone who admittedly does not read as many comic books as y'all do, uh-huh. the writing in this was the best I've ever read. I, as like, I don't know how it compares to anything, but it just was so incredible and so poetic and so powerful. The, the, um, the, the writing in this is some of the best that's ever been put in a comic book. I agree. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to say that without you know <laughs> making no. sure to preface. I'm like, I've read maybe thirty. So no, this this is well. He's writing this about a screenwriter and a novelist, and he wrote the Flintstones works. You should go. Have you read the? Have you not read the Flintstones, Patrick? No. We highly recommend you go read the Flintstones. It, no, I, I I don't need to read it. I listen to a podcast about all these comics. And okay, I get all the knowledge I need. It's good. Okay. <laughs> it, the, the, another line that is very Flintstones-esque in some of the deeper, sadder between bowling ball and vacuum cleaner type thing. Someone saying, it's too late to do anything, but admit the truth, I'm a fool. And then Sp- Snagglepost replies, sometimes we become so preoccupied. Sometimes we become so preoccupied with the plot of life that we forget it's only the characters who matter. There's yeah, yeah just, there's so real weird. Yeah, there's a ton of good lines like that in this, and I didn't take screenshots this time. I should have, but no, that you're Charles is absolutely right, Patrick. This is a different type of comic. At the at the end, at the end, which is great. He's obviously lost everything because of who he is. He he doesn't have a job. He can't get a writing job. Quick Draw McGraw comes out comes to him and and he he has been found out as gay a gay police officer he loses his job but he goes to work in cartoons and it's the quick draw of a girl comedy cartoon and hour or whatever the the actual name of it is and he's suggesting that snaggletooth come aboard no one will care he can come do this and one of the things he says is it's easy all you need is a silly catchphrase oh sweet tits of billy <laughs> <laughs> no, not like that. Something uplifting. <laughs> Which I just that I screenshot that because it just I it, I just adored it. So I go ahead. I think one of the one of the 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 last things. This is the last screenshot I've got that I'm going to talk about. It's it is reading the suicide note from Huckleberry Hound, and part of it says. After the earth is emptied of souls, everyone is owed an apology. Who is owed an apology gets one, and everyone who owes an apology gives it. And then, once everyone has made their peace as best they can, we would all disappear forever in a cloud of satisfied dust. I think that sounds rather nice, don't you? Of course, being dead, I suppose I no longer get an opinion. There's just so much pain and guilt in the world. I figured forgiveness must be part of the equation too. And that's all I have to say. That and please look after Huck Jr. Life is hard for a fatherless pup. Exit stage left, Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. Gut punch. Yeah. Have y'all yeah. have have y'all watched The Good Place? No, I we know what we bowed out on after the first season for some reason. Patrick, have you? I I think I watched the first two seasons. Okay. Maybe three. I, when they went no. back to Earth is when the, I okay. Don't stopped. don't okay. Don't worry about it. Anybody who's watched the Good Place will get something else from that that I won't get go into. So I yeah. won't talk about it since y'all haven't watched it. But yeah, that that one got me. So I absolutely 
absolutely loved that comic book. Heavens to Murgatroyd. And he finally does say that at the end. Yeah. Like he's been, I love they danced around because they exit stage left gets said to him a lot. Uh huh. But he never says it. Yes. And then he says all sorts of things that are like Heavens to Murgatroyd. And he finally says it in the end. I was like, that's nice. Sweet tits. I was of like, it was just kind of a nice, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love they also, you know, what, this is your plan to make sure no one knew me? You're going to paint me orange and call me Snaggletooth? Uh huh. Oh, yeah. And if no one notices, we'll just, you know, you can back to using your real name. <laughs> yes. And 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 that's literally is the original character yep. was Snaggletooth and was orange. Mm-hmm. And and then they changed it. So that's just all of this was just great. So well done. Such an odd world. Wow, that was I know it was heavy, man. Was, I don't know if there's the much more to say. God. No. Patrick. I was going to say things, but now that you yeah. said there's no. not much no, more to say. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. Patrick Sorry, there's just a long silence. People that are deep deeper than you have things to say, huh? What? <laughs> well, no, because it's... I'm actually... Well, I was really going to talk about the surface, but some of the stuff I loved in it is, you know, you had the human and cat actors on stage with the dog ears and dog muzzle oh, God, nose yes. on. And especially when he brings the one guy in to fire him, he's like, it, it, please, please take that off. I can't reasonably fire you with your wearing like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or something uh, you, to that effect. You know who was, that was, don't you? Was it supposed to be Clint Eastwood? It was supposed to be Clint Eastwood. That's what I thought. Yes. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. He needed to go be a star. Yes, he does a whole thing talking about oh. actors versus stars and and TV versus the stage, and it, it that 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 by itself is is wonderful. The the differentiate different different oh, the differences between the two. Me no words likey. So <laughs> what happens when you try to get fancy? Yeah, evidently. I'll, I'm going to take off my bow tie. <laughs> I I do find it strange that was all you were wearing for this podcast. But no, I have know. pants on. You just can't see below my neck. Oh, I figured you had a second pod, uh, second bow tie on. That oh easy. wow, that one is easier to tie. Oh my god! <laughs> when I when I heard that Patrick was going to be on the podcast with his brother Charles, I didn't know that we'd be talking about bow ties in different parts uh, on, on Charles's body. This is uh this is awesome. Please go. Keep on going. So, <laughs> uh, we were raised in the same house. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. The part I liked about that was the the Clint Eastwood thing is it had to do with what you get out of a star versus what you get out of an actor because stars it kind of goes with the what she was talking about we need heroes and everything has to be good. The difference between the stage is is he put it, you, the stage actor, an actor shows you how things are. A star shows you how we would like things to be. I remember that line. And that line reminded me of the movie Nixon, believe it or not, that Oliver Stone did. There's a really poignant scene where Nixon is had a couple of drinks and is looking at the, 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 the portrait of Kennedy and says, when they look at, when they look at me... When they look at you, they look at who they want to be. When when they look at me, they look at who they are. It was it, it just it weirdly just reminded me of that. But that was a, a very cool in this comic book, a very cool, interesting, revealing take on that, and it was awesome. That exactly explains why that group votes for Trump because they want to be able to do what he does. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I, I uh, and and you've you've seen it was interesting. 
early on when Trump was president, you had these little mini wannabe Trump politicians that got blasted out of the water because they weren't the reason Trump can do what he does is because he's a celebrity. But then it's now come as it's further and further. Now we got our 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 our, our Lauren Boberts and our et cetera, who is like, oh, no, these are just certifiably batshit, crazy, racist, fucktards. Can you say fucktard? Because I did. You, you can say fucktard. Hav's not right. allowed to curse, but you and I are. Fair. I don't know why I can, Hav's not allowed to curse. Hav just doesn't. Hav, Hav is just. Yes. I can curse. I just I like I say say in my own lane. That's kind of Charles's thing, as we you know we know. Our altar attendant over there feels like it's a sin. Right. That's exactly right. I, no, that's it, Hav is just classier than we are. That's fine. That's we that you know. Again, how dare you attack me, sir? <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. There is something I wanted to say before we. Not that we need to move on, but the art in this. The painted covers uh, were awesome. The, the alternate so covers good. were awesome. I have brought uh, up I have brought up before that that first cover was as Snagglepuss as, as the Statue of Liberty is one of my all time favorite covers of ever any comic book, and I really need to get a copy of that so I can frame it because I would like to have that framed and put up because I love that cover. And I don't know if the cover was by Mark Fee, uh, Feehan, but that's who did uh, Mike Feehan, and, and, but that's who did the interior art for sure, or pencils. And yeah, just really uh, great artists up to top, top to bottom on this, from the writing to the art to the coloring, mm-hmm. you know, shoot. It was, it was just technically well executed as well uh, and, and beautiful to look at. I also appreciated the, in the theater, all the touches of clearly the writer has been involved in theater productions because i mean there was definitely personality wise and stage manager and all of that it's like oh yeah that's that's real there's a lot of shouting and yelling and running and you know just just utter chaos and then but it does get doesn't get on stage i i I mentioned at the front that one of the nice things about snagglepuss is how kind he actually is and you keep seeing that as the way he uplifts people around him. He tells a story early on about when he was doing regional theater and there was a fire and the fire chief slash safety, the safety guy at the theater responded to it when he told him by running away. And then later you realize that that's the stage. Is it the stage manager or the stage? It, 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 he's brought him back. Yeah. The hippo. The hippo. Yeah. Yeah. He he brought him and he's he's using him on Broadway. And because when the the when it closes, he even says when the when the show closes after they are going to destroy Snagglepuss that he he can't get a job anywhere. The, the only reason he has this job is Snagglepuss gave it to him. Uh, yeah. And Augie, is it Augie or the the young he he'd met a young writer, he brings him on as a script supervisor or a script something on the the play mm-hmm. then writes a novel about him except it has a happy ending and i just this whole throughout this these small acts of kindness that this character has where he you could have written him as a prima donna and the the choice to really make him just wonderful someone we would truly all love to know so loved the comic yeah me too okay all right any other Anything anyone would like to say about either one of the comics? I feel I took all these notes. I have Invincible. I want to just read a couple of them oh, without yeah, any absolutely. context. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, William doesn't want to be called Bill, which I totally get. I don't want to be called Pat. All right, Bill. 
Star Trek to the Next Generation makes an appearance. Lizard League. Massive battle. Aliens are back with magic wristwatches. Issue 16. Time skips. Mustache equals authority. Alien baby. Vulture might fight. So much blood. Hi, Mom. Please raise, raise Dad's baby he made with an alien. Okay, thanks. Bye. More characters. Robot has a body. Don't date a civilian. Chaos! And my favorite line I think I've ever read anywhere, uttered by the immortal. When in doubt, throw them into space. <laughs> yes, that was great. That was a good line. Yeah. That was great. Which comes back later. What would what would superheroes even do without space? <laughs> that that was the fight. That was the fight in that between the alien in space when mm-hmm. he fights him and he immediately attacks him and he explains to him mentally that you know you 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 have to you, you have to put into there's nothing for you to throw me into this is space what what are you doing this is a move that you're going to smash me and and that's i mean the moon is over there so later in that same thing he turns around and he has there in the other thing and he's saying no you see you're doing it again you're doing and then he slams him right into the moon and he's like oh wow okay good job yeah <laughs> so i r- really enjoyed that Oh, and also just a little thing is the fact that they went to Reginald Vell Johnson High School. Oh, that's right. I um, forgot their, about that. And it was Principal Winslow was their president, which was, or, uh, pr- yeah, was their principal. <laughs> I missed the Principal Winslow. Is that? Yeah. Is that the that's name his, from? That's his name from? Yeah, the, that's his uh, char- character. Uh, 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 yeah, the character's name in, um, uh, uh, oh, God. Family Urkel. Matters. Fa- Family Thank Matters. You. Yes. Yeah. His okay. name is uh, Winslow, I think. Yes, I'm probably I wrong. I don't are, know. No, actually, I think you're correct. Yes, but Reginald Vell Johnson. If I'm, if I'm wrong, send an email to havencharles.comics at gmail.com or whatever the email address is, or go to the website at havencharles.com and send a message and say, subject line, Patrick is wrong. Actually, Sorry, I think we have time for even, the ending, so I just threw that if, out. Even, even, <laughs> if, even if you don't think Patrick is wrong, I am all on board with y'all doing and just sending emails that we will read on the next podcast about how Patrick was wrong. I would I would <laughs> love nothing more than to have a, a segment of Patrick. So if Rochelle, if you're listening, because you might actually <laughs> listen to this episode, feel free to send it doesn't have to be about the podcast. You can just send an email. Patrick was wrong and tell us what Patrick was wrong about and I will read it because we do read unless you post. Oh, do not read. I'm going to read the emails on the podcast. So this can be your forum. Rochelle, to <laughs> send me stuff that you want him to hear because he does listen to the podcast. On another note, Rochelle, same thing. I will not send that to. I said Rochelle again, didn't I? I, I yeah, Julie. Yes, I'm sorry, Julie. Now I'm speaking to you. Oh. If you oh. want to do a Hav is wrong and send me an email, I will not forward that to Hav before the podcast, and then he can hear right on the podcast live while we're recording what it is that he has done wrong that is wrong and we will we will have a whole new segment of Hav and Patrick are wrong on on the podcast we can make it a a, a bi-weekly thing it'll be great yeah yeah I'd like to make that same offer available to Charles's wife oh never mind <laughs> oh oh fair enough well played sir well played <laughs> throw so make problems in my marriage, will you? Well, I make my own problems in my marriage. Thank you very much. Oh, why would that be a problem? There's nothing you're wrong no, I don't about. Know. I just... she, yeah, there's nothing you're wrong about that she hasn't told you. I was going to say if if, <laughs> if, if yeah, we did fair. a podcast yeah. about all the things I was that I've been wrong about 
that Julie could tick off. It, it would be, we want to talk about comics, right? We don't want to just, you know. Yeah, that's a whole separate podcast. That's not know, a section. It's, that's It's, that's, it's yeah. for the fans. Well, hey, it could end up as a spinoff podcast, but we have to start it small in a segment. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, Actually, that might be my solo podcast that I'm going to do, which is not, not about y'all. It's just women can send me emails about what their husbands have done that is wrong <laughs> and i will read them on a podcast that actually would probably get some traction dude i'm just that, looking for, yeah I, i'm yeah. just looking for a podcast that i can monetize there you go uh, <laughs> i was gonna hey after after reading and talking about exit stage left Snaggle Plus chronicles i tell you what i'm left with is i'm gonna go watch something that's fun and funny to just kind of like a for a palate cleanser because even though it's very good it was it's such a downer and such a hard read i I don't know just that that's that's what i was thinking about when we were getting done talking about that yeah so actually we i i I was completely blanking because we are we seem to be wrapped up here. I was completely blanking because we need to discuss what we're going to read in our next. And I know what I'm going to suggest, Charles, if you need time to refresh your memory, look at something. No, I was just fi- trying to find a pen. I'd cleaned off my desk a little bit. And I-, I noticed earlier when I was going to write a note down, I couldn't find a pen and I found a pen and it didn't work. So it's in the garbage can. So I had to find another pen. Ah, so okay. what, what, what do you suggest we read next, Mr. Gonzalez? I wore this T-shirt on for a reason. I, I would. I'm going to suggest we go back to the very beginning, the Fantastic Four intro arc, or not arc, just stories. Okay. By Stanley and Jack, the King, the Great Kirby. The, the, there's a collection on Hoopla that's the one through ten issues. Okay. And then what I also um, as a bonus, if you're if you're game, because uh, a lot of times we'll read twelve. Part of another collection is the what they call now the Gal- the Galactus trilogy, which is issues forty eight through fifty. So it'd be thirteen issues total because there's just so much that's laid out there. And not hey, look, I've gone back and looked at. I don't think I've ever sat down and read issue to issue the first ten like back to back. I think I've gone back just to look at them. I think um, I've read them. Okay, but we we will read them again. That that'll be that'll be something we'll read. And I mean that that kicks off the Marvel universe. So. It is definitely right in the wheelhouse of the stuff we talk about. What I'm going to do is suggest you read All New Wolverine. It is when Wolver- the original Wolverine is dead and X-23 takes over, because we had talked about that. And I've decided mm-hmm. we'll read that. I will shoot you the Hoopla arc that I'm talking about, and we might see about reading the second one, too, because I don't know how deep that gets, because that, that gets... That gets fun. I don't know if we get the honey badger in that because I love her and I want to get to her. So we might read two arcs. But let me let me see where that goes. Be, be prepared to possibly read the second one. Cool. As well. Or go ahead and read it. We might as well. You know what? If if there are two, let's just go ahead and read it. I don't know how far it gets, but we'll we'll do a we'll do a a couple of deep ish dives in these, and that will be fun because we cool, can see cool. we can see the beginning and then we can see something. Because that, I mean, it's not super new, but it's still very recent in comparison in nice. the Marvel Universe. So we can see where where things have progressed and gone wrong or gone better. It Sounds better. like a plan, sir. It's a it's a much, this will be a nice, this will be a nice, I'm glad you've picked something like this. Because that's the first female character in Marvel. And we can see how differently we, 
how differently we're going to do a whole compare and contrast on how wow. women superhero characters are written between when it started and now. I bet I bet you there's not a big difference. I bet you I bet you there's not a big difference at all. I'm going to go on record and say that. <laughs> hey, there's going to there's going to be a clip in our next episode from the previous <laughs> episode. I have to remember to clip that out. Hey, Patrick, uh, since we are wrapping up, I did want to say again, A, thank you for everything you've done helping out with the podcast, the website, the theme music. And then also, again, very cool having you on here to talk comic books, talk Invincible, uh, hear your banter with you and your brother. I know I enjoyed it immensely, and I can't wait to hear this when this drops. But again, thank you, Patrick. I appreciate it. No, it was my pleasure. This was a, a lot of fun. I had uh, joked when Charles first started that he should have a, a, a third person who doesn't know anything about comic books, but unfortunately we sounded too much alike to work. So I'm, I'm hoping everyone can tell the difference between the two of us. I did say I was going to do an accent for part of it, and uh, for the rest of the podcast I shall talk in this very bad, I'm not sure if it's French or French-Canadian or whatever. Let's just cut that out. Let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> No, this was this was super fun. I really do. As I said, I started listening to this because like, oh, my brother did a podcast. I'll support him and listen to it. And then I'm like, oh, I actually enjoy it. I'm not surprised. I enjoy I enjoy my brother. I'm very grateful to have a brother that I can be a friends with as an adult. Um, it's a very wonderful thing. And the play by play between you two is fun. And it's a good podcast. And I do recommend it to people. If you're listening now, recommend it to your friends. Why not? What's the worst they could do? Tell you you're an idiot? Probably. But, you know, still, recommend it to your friends. I mean... I'm not good at marketing. If you're if <laughs> if you're a guy recommending it to your friends, if the worst thing they're going to do is call you an idiot, they've clearly done that before, or why are you even friends with no, them? It, true, true. I mean, that's, that's a standard thing. I mean, I call my friends... Well, no, I don't. I don't have any friends. But... Oh. <laughs> no wife, no friends, job you I You live under like. a bridge? No. It's weird. No. I have a palatial <laughs> estate in a van down by the river. See, that uh, used to be a that go. used to be a negative. Now people are like, "You have a van down by the river <laughs> in this economy? <laughs> Fancy man! I could dream." Patrick, I truly appreciate you coming on. I I enjoyed it. Thank you for what you do. I am serious, though. When we were talking about the theme music, which I love, but I do want to sit down with you at some point and write a theme a, a theme song for oh this <laughs> along the lines of the old school gilligan's islands brady bunch type theme songs i oh, think I, I, okay. I think us that that was legitimately when i first started out and i was singing the intro is a joke with to different music i was trying to come up with a hav and charles theme song that we could then just record because i thought that would be hilarious like I said, I love your I love your intro music, and and we can use that too. But I think a theme song, if I can come up with something funny, and I I, I will clearly need help because I don't think I'm funny anymore. Yes, you are. I, I, I was I thought you were going to oh, suggest no, something it. like you you could have said never were. So oh no, I'm not that mean. I was I thought you were going to suggest something like the uh, the Gary Shandling show theme exactly. song. Exactly. Well, I, that but yeah. that's in that that's yes yeah. This is the theme to Gary's show, the opening theme to Gary's show. Gary called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. We're nearly halfway finished. How do you like <laughs> it so far? This is the theme to Gary Shandling's show. The theme to Gary... I, I, that is my all-time favorite theme song. It, it's up <laughs> yes. there. Yeah. It, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, we no, could just I, cut. I, this is the theme to Hob and Charles. The opening theme to Hob and Charles. <laughs> just, just rip it I off. I had no real idea, so I ripped off Gary's theme song. Patrick, you were going to say something. Yeah, well, oh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm very glad you like the theme song. Uh, since I create the opening music, I created it. I think it's absolutely terrible, and I wince every time I listen to it. So, Oh, no, it's um, good. No, it's that artist thing. Um, yeah. Because I'm... I'm not a composer. Like I am, I am a professional musician, but I'm not a composer. That's a different skill set. Mm-hmm. So, but I had fun making that because I told Charles I took something he hummed randomly once and was like, "Let's break that apart and see what happens." Well, oh and, no! I, and also, I that's didn't... like a 10 minute long piece well, I chopped well, into like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I and and when when I say your help, probably lyrics a little bit, and I will probably the whole point of this is I'll come up with the. I might come up with the melody, but I'm going to want you to instrumentalize it a little bit on because you can do that on a computer, right? Or sort you have a keyboard, can, you have a keyboard. I have, you have, I have to peer back the lens. Everything was recorded on a mallet cat, which is a MIDI percussion instrument that looks like a xylophone. Okay, nice. Well, yeah, because well, piano is for people who can play piano. I am oh, a percussionist. That's fine. But so that yeah. that's my thing. I, I, I you, you would you would be able to help me cut it together and make it i know that yes so yeah i suppose uh, yeah 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 I, i'm not necessarily asking you to compose music to it but maybe translate something i come up with much like when i was writing the musical we were talking right. about i did actually i still have i still know some of the some of the melodies i came up with on that <laughs> Ooh, maybe that i could harvest that okay anywho i, was gonna say, I don't think you've mentioned that on the podcast before so. oh yeah i'd never mentioned that on the podcast we were driving yeah, through. Yeah. We were driving through. Actually, England. We were on a family vacation in the year two thousand. Wasn't it the year two thousand? It was the year two thousand. It might have been nineteen ninety nine. No, it was. It was before two thousand. Okay, so nineteen ninety. I think it was ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. And I get bored riding around in cars, so I actually came up with an idea for a musical called Carlot the Musical. <laughs> Well, I had I had just changed. I, I previously to that I had sold cars, and I I really do think it there there's an opportunity, and no one's done it. And I think it's because there's no one that comes out of the car business and gets into writing, and they they think there's just nothing there because car lots are terrible. I'm like, well, that's that's a good jumping off point for any kind of thing. So I literally was writing lyrics and then singing some of the songs in the back of this car driving through the English countryside. So it was just a bout of just scribble, 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 and this, and try to do that. And Patrick was in music school at the time, or had just graduated music school. No, you're still in music school. Yeah, uh, I just started, really. Yeah, and trying to get him to help me transpose it. Have my mom was doing the same thing because she's a musician, and we were like, okay, well, you do this, and Patrick's like, that's a minor key. You don't want to do that or, or stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple of things. I want to see this musical now, absolutely, and. <laughs> Charles said literally. I don't know that you'd said literally this podcast yet. So that's another one on the bingo card. <laughs> All right. So so one of the songs is I Wish That I Were Honest. <laughs> I wish that I were honest. I wish it to be true. For if I were but honest, then I'd say that I love you was one of the lines from it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I already got a melody one. Yeah. Well, well, well I, I, also I, say, I though, had a, in that I had a melody. I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't come up with it right there because there is a melody. But yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was also going to say the only downside to, was also in the same conversation we were talking about musicals. You're like, I also think people in musicals stop and break into song too often. And I'm like, 
Oh no. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've That's gotten the over point. That. Yeah, no, I've the talking is just to get to the next song. Well, my mine was the difference between mine was the difference between the the ones that had almost no talking in between it, it, the the light opera versus musical. Right. Yeah. So. Because I, yeah, I, well, I don't and, have and the then, chops. I don't have the chops to do a light opera or actually a musical, no. but still. Opera too hard. Musical? No, no, I can no. I knock light, that out. I got light, that. Th- th- light opera. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I, th- th- there's a difference. That's the, uh, well, Starlight Express and Phantom of the Opera are like that. Anyway, you're saying no, Patrick, we're going to get into it. I mean, I'm going to get school. No, we're not going to get into it because okay. that's not. Oh, it's fine. You, you can know, school me. You'll do it offline later. This is where you were wrong. Yeah. We're going to get an email. Yay. <laughs> I was assuming most of this would be cut. Or maybe it's, I don't oh, know. Oh, no. I'm not going to cut any of this. Why? People All right. could. People... <laughs> so. This this portion of Hobbit Charles Talk Comics, where we've got a deep dive on musicals and light operas and operas, is brought to you by the Public Library. The Public Library. It's free, yo. Yo. Just thank you. You listen to this long? Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, thanks everybody for listening. On that note, <laughs> so, 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 so you don't, Patrick, you don't listen to this end stuff where Hav and I do talk about stuff like this. No, I I listen to most of this on like two point five and just kind of get through it, uh, and just stop and rewind when my name is mentioned. So that's you know, which I've listened to point five, Patrick. Yes, more of that. We really appreciate <laughs> yes. what you've done. Okay, so from now on, Hav, when we when we mention Patrick, do it like this. I also want to thank Patrick for everything he's done here on the podcast. <laughs> oh, that be yeah. Okay, fair. All right, done and done. All right, so. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Patrick, very much for being on here and all that you've done. My thank pleasure. Hop. Thanks, I, everybody. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Bye.